Hi, my name is Ben Hoare, and I'm speaking to you from rural Thailand. I'm a missionary here, and I've been here for 14 years with my family. And uh, I'm uh, doing this podcast because I want to encourage those who want to know God and want to really know Him uh, and have in intimacy with Him and adventures with Him. And I just want to help you to uh, find that. And so uh, God put it on my heart to, to do this podcast, and I hope it's of benefit to you. So these first few episodes that I'm going to do are going to have a lot of testimony from my life, you know, because I think that knowing who I am and where I'm from is going to help you to understand my message as well, because uh, intrinsically they're the same thing, right? My experience with God and uh, my, my relationship with Him is going to come out in my ministry as well. So... Um, you know, I'm a, a classic triple threat. I'm a missionary, a farmer, a dentist. <laughs> I grew up in Oxford, Mississippi. My father uh, was a journalism professor, um, and uh, we had a hobby farm. I grew up there. Um, I grew up in a family that was uh, not very religious. I guess my father, I don't know if he described himself this way, but I think maybe a deist. I've heard him say things like that. My mom was a believer, but was not really um, uh, really going after the Lord at that time. And so we didn't. We went to church a couple of times a year, like uh, on um, uh, Easter, right, and Christmas, the way people do. Uh, but uh, that's that's that that wasn't enough, you know. I, when I was a child. I had this thing already in me that made me hunger for God. And when I was like on Sunday morning, I would get up and watch these uh, big ladies uh, singing, you know, on TV. And there was a choir and they would sing, seek, seek, and you shall find, knock, knock, and the door shall be open. Ask a favor and it shall be given and the love come trickling down, 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 down. I loved it. And then right after that, Oral Roberts would come on. Greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. And I just love that. So uh, I would I would be the only one who got up to do it, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, Sunday mornings, and I would be praying with Oral Roberts. Despite this, um, love in this, you know, I didn't really know the Lord because I wasn't surrendered to him. You know, I fell into sin uh, early uh, as a child. I think I was nine when I discovered pornography, you know, and I uh, messed up my life for a long time, you know. But uh, so I'm going to uh, skip forward because, I mean, I'm going to give you parts of my testimony, but I want to tell you something about my message. My message now is about uh, holiness and devotion to God, love for God, and service to Him for His glory. And that we wouldn't just, we wouldn't be the center of our universe, but we'd make Jesus Christ that. And so that's basically what happened in my life. I mean, fast forward to, uh, you know, I, I went to uh, dental school and um, in, at the University of Mississippi 
in Jackson. And uh, I started my dental practice in Oxford, Mississippi. And I decided at that point I'm, I'm married. Um, my wife, Susan, who I met in uh, dental school, she was one of the assistants there. And she became my assistant and office manager. But I decided I'm going to seek God. And how do I know? How do I know whether God will accept me or not? So, um, I, I decided to seek God. I had a very godly grandfather. Um, he was a man who just uh, exuded the love of God. He was uh, When I knew him, he was crippled. He had rheumatoid arthritis. And he couldn't walk well when I was small, and by the time I was a big kid, he couldn't walk at all. But he was always so loving and patient and kind and godly and good. And he is the real draw, the witness in my life that he could go through so much suffering and still maintain, you know, so much grace. So I was like, you know, God is true. I always believed in God, even though I wasn't surrendered to him. So I uh, <clears throat> decided to seek God. And I started uh, reading my Bible um, morning and night and uh, praying. And I did that for three months. But immediately things started happening. Um, uh, God started talking back. And uh, um, I would start, I would have a question and suddenly I'd find it in the, in the Bible. And I didn't know my way around the Bible. And uh, I would go to church and they would speak on the thing that I had, um, that I had uh, been looking at. Well, at first I was going to a church that um, <clears throat> is more of a liberal denomination. And uh, I went to a Bible study and they said, you know, well, if the Bible was written today, it, it would be different, that everything's changed. You know, but even in that Bible study, I was like, no, truth is eternal. And it doesn't change based on man and based on his, uh, on how cultural changes. God doesn't change and truth is eternal. You know, and they all kind of just looked at me like I was from outer space. But that church, they they read uh, poetry and 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 quoted philosophers from the pulpit, and they, you know, it wasn't a lot of wasn't a lot of gospel. <clears throat> but anyway, I was seeking I was seeking God, and I started finding Him, and uh, I started finding Him in a wonderful way. So more and more, I became uh, I, I became convicted that Jesus is righteous, holy, pure, good, and true, and I wasn't. At that time, I was a, um, I was a deer hunter. I'd gotten into bow hunting and really, really, uh, you know, enjoyed the sport, practiced a lot, got really good, could split arrows, went to a 3D competition, and ended up in the top four of hundreds of people <laughs> with a with a single pin <laughs> set at, at, at 25 yards on my bow. I was really uh, into it. I was, I would sit up in that deer stand all day. I'd get up like at, you know, four o'clock in the morning and walk out into the woods in the dark and had a climbing stand. I'd climb 25 feet up in the tree. And then I would just sit there all day long till dark if I had to. That gives you a lot of time to think. You're trying to be real still. It gave me a lot of time to think. 
And one of those times, I started uh, rehearsing uh, my life. And this is after, I'd, of course, after I'm already seeking God, rehearsing my life, rehearsing. Uh, I was so bored. I mean, I was rehearsing uh, all the women I had been with. And um, I was thinking I was going to rejoice in that. But God smote me of what a miserable, horrible sinner I was and how I'd hurt others. Yeah, so that really, uh, really hit my heart and drove it home. And so it wasn't very long after that. And I, I'm still continuing that process of reading the Bible, morning and night, praying. Uh, and um, someone had given me a, a, a Larry Lee, Lee tape series on Could You Not Tarry for One Hour. And I know Larry Lee had problems later, but that thing taught me to pray, you know, of how to pray the Lord's Prayer as a pattern of prayer not as just something repetitious, but as a pattern of prayer. And, um, you know, so I was praying and seeking God. Well, I decided to surrender. And so one night um, I got on my uh, kitchen floor, got on my face before God, and I said, Jesus, will you forgive me? And will you be my Savior and Lord? I want to surrender to you. You're right, you're righteous, you're holy, and I'm not. And um, Lord, I want to serve you even if I go to hell in the end because you're right and righteous. And I want to be a soldier in your army. I want to serve you. That was my heart. And um, uh, I heard the voice of God. He answered me. He said, well done. Now know how to possess your vessel in honor and go into your wife and she'll conceive. You know, this was, uh, I was shaken, man. I was brand new Christian, got born again. Jesus just reached, reached in and pulled all kinds of junk out of my heart and out of my mind. I was just glowing with God's presence. And it's like two o'clock in the morning, you know, and I know this is a lot to tell on a podcast, but I'm just going to tell it. I went up and and uh, lay with my wife, and my mind and my heart were utterly pure and clean, and I knew immediately that um, she uh, she was pregnant. So I started telling her, hey, babe, we're going to have a baby. Why? What do you say that? Why do you think that? And it's like, God told me we're going to have a baby. And she was like, um, uh no way, you know, and I kept hounding her and telling her, and God told me that the baby was going to be born with uh, curly locks of golden red hair. So I was like, I was telling her that. She thought I was crazy. So she went and got a pregnancy test to shut me up. And when she did, um, when she did, it was positive. She said, see, I told you. And I said, that, I said, well, I don't care what that says. I know she, you're pregnant. And she handed it to me. I looked at it. It was a blue positive. I said, ah, that's positive anyway. And she was like, what? And her eyes were like wide open. She was so shocked. And so we started going to the doctor. And I was telling the doctor, you know, that this uh, this baby's going to be born with golden ro- uh, uh, locks of curly red hair. And he was. He said, well, I've delivered 5,000 babies. And I've never seen one of that description so far. But... Um, so we went on and 
all this time I'm still seeking God, worshiping, and I start having uh, dreams and and uh, visions, you know, experiencing God in, um, you know, just uh, incredible ways. You know, at one, at one point I remember just being on my face and saying to God, I love you, 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 I love you. And I did this until there's waves of God and waves of glory were washing over me and I was shaking like a leaf. And I just, I'd think I couldn't say it again, but I would say it again. And this waves of power and glory would come over me. You know, it was just astonishing. And, um, you know, uh, yeah. There's, there's more, but, you know, I think if I tell it all, you'd think I'm a kook. So I'll stop there. <laughs> Maybe I'll tell that rest. But anyway, so uh, at one point, my wife started bleeding, you know, and um, she was really worried. and There was a lot of blood. And, and so I was scared and I ran and fell on my knees and said, God, you promised me this baby. And he said, all is well with the child. So I ran and told um, my wife, God, it's okay, it's okay. God said, all is well with the child. And um, immediately the blood stopped. You know, so, uh, you know, so here I am saved. My wife is uh, was raised Catholic. She's not saved yet, but she believes in God. And uh, so you kind of get a picture of where we are. And I am going after God. Man, I've, when I got saved, I put Jesus' name on my dental practice door. I broke all the secular music and just started playing Hosanna music and worship music. I started witnessing to every patient. Uh, people started getting saved. Um, you know, my um, I cast out dental. I cast out dental. <laughs> I cast out devils. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know any other Christians like me. I was just reading the Bible, believing what it said. You know, it said, you know, uh, anoint people with oil in the name of the Lord and they'll be healed. So I had handpiece spray and I sprayed my hand with handpiece sp spray there were, and, and prayed for people. There was this guy, he had, uh, he he was old. He was in his 80s. He was a Catholic. He, wouldn't, he, he didn't believe, didn't really know the Lord. He was going in for back surgery the next day, but coming in for dental work that day. And I was like, man... You do not need back surgery. I said, I'm a Christian. Would you allow me to pray for you? And I was like, he was like, sure. So I sprayed this handpiece spray on my hand, slapped him on the forehead and said, in the name of Jesus. And he jumped up and started running around the office with his hands up in the air saying, it worked, it worked. You know, um, there was a guy who came in with Tourette's. And you know, that's where they can uncontrollably uh, say obscenities all the time. And... Um, and I was talking, he was a patient. I was like, you know, uh, I know that, you know, this is a diagnosed condition, but I said, uh, it, I think Jesus would call it a devil. I said, I'm a Christian. If you'll let me pray for, I'd like to pray for it if you let me. He's like, yeah. So I just, real simple prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, I command this Tourette's to go and not return. And uh, the guy came back two months later and he said, I want to tell you that I've never done it again totally set free. You know, there's a lady of, with Crohn's disease. You know, that's where a young, vibrant, young woman married, they wither and 
dry up and become like an old person, you know. And I, I told her the same thing. I said, I believe Jesus will heal you. She was a Christian. I believe Jesus will heal you if you'll let me pray for you. So, so again, I just put my hand on her head, said, uh, I think maybe her shoulder. I said, in the name of Jesus, command this Crohn's disease to go. And I asked Father for mercy in Jesus' name. Heal her in Jesus' name. It was absolutely left, absolutely. She came back, I mean, doctors, um, you know, confirmed it. So, I mean, I've seen thousands of such miracles, you know. But anyway, I'm telling my testimony about, you know, getting right and with God and serving God here. So, kind of forgot where I was. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Margaret hadn't been born yet. So, um, in the meantime, I went over to... uh, New Albany, Mississippi, from Oxford, that's not too far. I went to get a three-wheeler fixed. And when I went there, I saw a woman sitting at a fruit stall, and the Lord said, speak to this woman. And I was like, oh, no. And I ran away. But then I couldn't, I, I just couldn't um, couldn't quit thinking about it. And I had to go pick up my three-wheeler three days later. It was fixed. And I went up there, and I decided if that woman was still there, I was going to speak to her. So I, it was right beside where the the three-wheeler place was. And I saw her, and so I decided to walk up to her. And when I was still 10 y- yards away, she said, stop right there. And so I stopped. And she said, are you a pastor? I said, no. She said, are you an evangelist? I said, no. She said, who are you then? Because the love of God is all over you. And I said, I'm, I just love Jesus. And she said, and then I had been asking God, I saw it in the Bible, what is this speaking in tongues and how does it work? And, you know, and so she just, she said this, and then she just started explaining my exact questions. What is speaking in tongues? How does it work? All this kind of stuff. She just explained it. And, you know, she became my friend, but that was just an occurrence. And so I was like, I was blown away. So I got back in my car and I'm driving back to Oxford and I have um, a, a, a tape, you know, back then it was what uh, those little cassette tapes. I'm buzzing along in my Honda and got a cassette tape in. It's Wynton Marsalis trumpet, trumpet concerto. And so I just as I'm going through the uh, Holly Springs National Forest and I'm looking at all the beauty, I just started singing a made up song of glory to God about the hills and the valleys and the creation and the stars and the sky and the birds and the animal. I'm just making this song up. And suddenly I was singing it in a language that I did not know. Um, I didn't try to do this. I didn't plan to do it, but God gave it. And so, and, and this fiery presence. And I, I just, um, I stopped for a second cause I was shocked I thought about what was said and what had happened. And so then I continued and just uh, worshiped God in the spirit and truth, singing and shouting in tongues. So then, well, uh, when my daughter was born, Margaret was born, it was uh, just as God said. Uh, She was born uh, with a head full of curly locks of golden red hair. 
And uh, all my children are precious to me. I have um, have seven children, eight grandchildren. Um, you know, so uh, I'm a I'm a patriarch of a tribe. Yeah. Well, so that's just a little bit since that time. Okay, I, just to go a little further. Um, you know, so I started serving God as as a dentist. I was uh, I was uh, witnessing to all my patients. I became a prison chaplain. There was a federal holding facility, first a jail, and then a federal holding facility in Oxford, Mississippi. And I was I would go in there on Sundays. Amazing testimonies and miracles in there, healing, deliverance, salvation. You know, I would. Uh, God sent uh, a man to disciple me, uh, uh, Dan Woods. Um, uh, he's living in uh, North Carolina right now. Um, he's a wonderful man. Uh, God sent him to teach a Bible study in my house. I mean, every, every one of these stories are a huge story within itself, you know, that I, I maybe I'll tell one day. Um, but um, so... Um, I have a Bible study in my house, multi-denominational, non-denominational Bible study where we're going after God. I'm a prison chaplain. I started going on mission trips uh, two a year and uh, giving to missions, uh, involved in evangelism explosion, serving God, you know, just wide open. And uh, then finally, um, we ended up hearing about Susan, my wife, heard about uh, the Brownsville Revival, and we decided to uh, visit it, and we found a whole lot of people just like us, you know. It was, so, you know, to give you a time frame, you know, I was saved January 26, 1991. My um, wife was saved about two years later, and we uh, left Oxford and moved to the Brownsville Reviver, Revival nine years after that. So in uh, July of 1998, we moved to the Revival, and I joined the BRSM. You know, from there, I worked, uh, I was a student, and I worked in the missions department under John Kava, John Kava, friend, and... Uh, uh, brother and discipled me um, more, took, took me to more nations. We ended up uh, working in the missions department and um, leading trips and um, so ser- served in BRSM. Then there was a church split. I served with fire and from fire I went to um, a church in uh, Concord, North Carolina, Evangel Worship Center and from there um, to Thailand. And so now I've been in Thailand for 14 years. And I've been through a lot of different seasons, a lot of different kinds of ministry here in Thailand. And, um, and so I feel like I have some keys and a lot of experience about um, how to know God, how to hear His voice, how to love Him, and how to serve Him. And those are the kinds of things, practical things, that I want to share with you. And, um, you know, I totally understand if you don't find this uh, beneficial. And 
I don't usually tell all these testimonies and things, but, um, you know, because I don't want to, you know, uh, I guess make you think more of me than you actually see in me, you know, but um, I think I need to share these because, you know, a lot of you who listen, listen to this won't know me at all. And so um, I'll share these stories um, uh, interspersed in the messages that God gives me to share because I'm always getting things to share. So today, I do think, um, you know, I'll just share a little bit um, with you. And if this is a blessing to you or an encouragement to your faith, please give me some feedback so I'll keep doing it. You know, sometimes I write these um, newsletters, you know, from, you know, email newsletters. I don't do it very much. From uh, Thailand, I never get any feedback. I thought nobody read them. I go back for furlough and everybody would ask me, how this person, how's Mali? How's Ikeem? What's going on with this person? And, you know, and uh, they had been reading them and praying all along and I didn't know it. So if you... Uh, so I quit writing them. Huh. So if this is a blessing to you, please keep giving me feedback so I'll know, so I'll keep doing it. Um, and the thing I want to share with you today, you see, there it is. It was from... Uh, Gamaliel, Acts 6, 38 and 39. And so, you know, maybe this will be an encouragement to those of you who are serving God. Gamaliel said, if this plan or this work is of man, it will come to nothing. And if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it. I was like, isn't that wonderful? There's value in obeying God, even if you're not seeing the fruit that you want to see. I've been in Thailand for 14 years. I've seen more people get saved in an afternoon in the park in Nakuru, Kenya, 30 years ago than I've seen in 14 years in Thailand. You know, but there's value in obedience. There's value in loving God and being loyal to Him and loyal to the call He's put on your life. So don't lose heart and don't give up because you're surely going to reap if you don't faint. If this plan or this work is of man, it'll come to nothing. You know, if, you're, if the motivation for what we do is man, if our perspective is man, if we're looking out for self-interest, if we're looking out to please others, you know, if that's our motivation, our service isn't going to come to much. It's not going to produce much. But if our motive is to love and serve the one who bled and died on a tree for us, it cannot be overthrown. It cannot be fruitless. Because this thing is of God. We're called to teach and preach. We're called to make disciples. And I think we've lost vision of that. 
A lot of people are just trying to be moral, trying to be good, go to church. You know, if they're really good, maybe they're paying their tithe. But Christianity is so much more than that. It's meant to be an adventure with God. Hallelujah. It's meant to be exploits. This is the day of His power. And this is the day when He's calling for His volunteers, His sons and daughters to arise and be that peculiar people, to be that precious people who carry about this treasure in earthen vessels and speak the words of this life and to shed the light in every situation, to be noble and honorable in our speech, in our conduct, in our character, noble and honorable in our business dealings, noble and honorable in our marriages and to our children, standing when no one will stand with us. We're called to faithfulness. We're called to obedience for His glory. Not to merely hear the Word of God, but to do it. And in doing the Word of God, we will find an adventure with Him. We will find satisfaction. People get tied up in doctrine and argue doctrine because they don't have enough experience in Christ. They don't know how to be used of the Holy Spirit. They don't know how to preach the gospel, win souls, cast out devils, work miracles. And so they have to have something to try to add validity to their faith. But what they need to do is forsake, what we need to do is forsake those weak and beggarly elements of the world. And we need to invest fully in faith in Jesus Christ. Knowing and believing that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hallelujah. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You will find him faithful and true, and he'll be faithful to you. You'll find full satisfaction in the love of God and in serving Christ. Why should we argue and say, we don't have to obey, oh, it's law, blah, blah, blah. You know, why do we have to find out, oh, the lowest level of Christianity that we can live at. Why not find the highest level of full devotion, of full obedience, and full faithfulness? I submit to you, brothers, sisters, friends, that this is the way we should live. So, (laughs) greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. God bless you. And I hope you'll come back and listen again.